Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Alongside the scout, Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like all of the programs here on the Locked On Podcast cast network matt you and i still a little bit under the weather we got hit with something mine's turned into a cough the way it goes sometimes it might linger for a bit but we're uh we're bucking up we're here we're gamers and we have got a lot to get into today yeah absolutely so bear with us i mean mine went from a, i think a sinus infection to a chest cold um uh, it's not going away you sound a little worse than me to be honest with you so we're, we're fighting through it and much to discuss, you know, we probably won't get in heavy detail of every one of these game recaps like we usually do, but the playoffs are set, obviously. That's probably something we'll dig into matchups as the week goes on, bring in some guests. The top 20 picks in the draft are set. It is 1230 Eastern here. There's been two coaching fires on Black Monday. So, yeah, the world is turning very fast right now. Freddie Kitchens, I mean, he he was fired Sunday before the bus even got back to yeah, right. Cleveland. And so Freddie Kitchens out with the Cleveland Browns and Pat Shermer out as the head coach of the New York Giants, although the general manager, Dave Gettleman, is staying around in New York to finish that rebuilding job. And Bruce Allen is out as GM of Washington. So Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen both gone for the Redskins. First off, let's go Freddie Kitchens because... Uh, that was one where he was a one and done. Maybe they, I think they obviously saw that, look, maybe he was in over his head. He was never even really a coordinator till the very end of last year. They let him roll in as the interim coach into head coach. I know as a 49ers guy that I've seen that happen a couple times. It happened with Singletary. Uh, and this one actually reminds me of the Jim Tom Sula era, which was short-lived one year in San Francisco. You know, a good position coach, maybe got promoted too high too soon. And it was obvious that they needed a change in Cleveland. So I think it was the right move. I do, too. I mean, it really seemed like he was in over his head from the get-go. Um, Mayfield took a massive step backwards. The offense didn't – there was no continuity with Odell, not using your best weapons. Um, this one seemed like an easy one to me. And, and with all respect to Freddie Kitchens, I mean, he was a running back coach a year and a half ago. I mean, it was too fast of a rise in my, in, from what I saw – um, I would imagine, and what it sounds like they're looking for is a stable guy, like a Mike McCarthy. I mean, someone that has led a team before, I don't think they're going to make that same mistake. You know, to finish out the, the season losing to Cincinnati, and congrats to Cincinnati. I mean, they're the first pick in the draft. They, they have built a, a little bit of momentum to finish the season, but not a good look losing to the team with the first pick in the draft yesterday, and it seemed like a pretty easy choice. Yeah, somebody stable, somebody with a lot of experience. I would think Ron Rivera would head your list, uh, although yeah. Ron Rivera seems to head the Washington Redskins list, and apparently the Redskins head Ron Rivera's list, so that sounds like it might be an imminent deal already there. Yeah, and I could see that. I mean, the key to me, well, those two keys, is getting Allen out of the way seemed like it should have happened years ago, and I think you know the owner, Schneider, finally wised up and made that move and realized the top coaching candidates aren't going to take that job with him in between, you know, as that go between guy. Hopefully Snyder realizes too, he probably could take a step back too and just give it to a true football guy, let them lead his team because there is some skill here. They have an early pick. 
I like what I saw from Haskins. I would have no qualms at all with hiring Rivera. If that happened, you know, by the time people are listening to this, I'd give it a solid B or a B plus. Good work. You know, it, it, it's not going to kill you. Tom Coughlin was out as GM or vice president of player personnel in Jacksonville. There's been rumors that Doug Marone was going to be out. Uh, he said, is he concerned? Yes, he's concerned about his job status, but he hasn't been fired yet. Um, that's an interesting one. You've never, I've never heard a coach say, yeah, I'm concerned about my job status right now. Uh, so that's <laughs> I kind of like the honesty sign. because yeah. they all are. Trust me. I mean, I've been in those buildings and even when you, when it doesn't happen, I mean, you're still nervous. You got kids in school. You don't really want to move. You don't want to deal with all that. Um, I think Marone might be out. We'll see. I mean, that, that's probably a topic for tomorrow. I have a feeling a couple more will drop. And then the Giants is obviously the one that did drop too. And I, I think after two years, it was safe to say that wasn't wasn't working out. Yeah, and so we'll get into more of that stuff Tuesday and throughout the week. If there's any more coaches to get fired, we'll dive deeper into those situations and those franchises and what they might be looking for and uh, what to expect as they those teams that and a lot of those teams need a, a little bit of a rebuild. Some of them are already on the come up though. The, the Giants have some good young players. Washington, I think, had a good draft this year. They need a couple of more drafts. Uh, back-to-back to to get that thing going. And obviously, the Cleveland Browns are a team that they would hope a a head coach would come in and they would win right away. Yeah, and Washington and Cleveland aren't exactly the most stable of environments and not the the greatest bed for winning. You know, I don't know that the Giants are still, but at least they have more recent history and more stability. Uh, Gettleman is still in. I think that's noteworthy. I don't think the Giants roster is terrible, though. I mean, uh, I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones fan, but he's been better than I thought. I love seeing Saquon being back to Saquon to finish up the season. They got some skill guys. They got the foundation of an offensive line. They got some big bodies on defense. And, you know, maybe another offseason or two, they'll be in it. And as tends to happen with some teams that fire their head coaches, those teams drafting very high this year. So you've got the Giants that are currently sitting at four. You've got Washington sitting at pick two. Uh, potential for some trade down, some movement, or to draft a blue chip player, Chase Young, very likely, I think, in that number two spot for Washington. So the the Detroit Lions at three, Giants at four, those might be the prime trade out spots if a team might be looking up, looking to get up in front of the Miami Dolphins. If there's good news on the Tua injury front, the Dolphins hurting their their uh, chances uh, so much for. And look at this. How about this, real quick, before we move on to these games? How about? Coach of the Year candidate Brian Flores in Miami, finishing the season strong, winning a lot more games than anybody expected. Yeah, I mean, and boy, I think Patriot fans need to be concerned. I mean, that was a bad loss that cost them a bye. I mean, we know that the the history of the Patriots isn't great when they have a bye. They've never been to the Super Bowl in that situation. But you got to look at it the other way, too. I mean, Miami, about three weeks in, I thought they were the worst team I'd ever seen, you know, and they're building something. A lot of their young guys, some no-name dudes are stepping up and look like foundational pieces. Fitzpatrick played really well this year and looks like the ideal conduit to a Tua or something like that. Uh, I think they obviously got a good one in Flores. I mean, maybe he is a coach of the year candidate. And I don't want to talk draft yet, but, I mean, since you just kind of mentioned those top five spots, if we assume Burrow goes one, I would be open for business, I think, if I'm the, the Redskins. Like, Chase Young makes a ton of sense, but they have Kerrigan. They just traded up for Sweat last year. Anyone could use Chase Young, but if I'm Miami, I think I'd do everything possible to get to that two spot to grab Tua, and they have the firepower to do it. And then, boy, the Lions, I'm sure, would love to get Chase Young. 
Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I've kind of assumed, you know, you've got the blue chipper there. You sit there. You've already got your quarterback if you're Washington, but you've got mm-hmm. to at least take phone calls if team's willing to give up a ton. And it's not very many spots. If you can get a bunch of picks from Miami just for moving down a few spots, that's something you've got to talk about. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe you get a, a ta- the, the best tackle in the draft at five and a stud receiver with the Dolphins pick at 20 or something like that. I mean, it's not like they're short on needs. All right, Matt, let's talk playoffs and specifically those New England Patriots you just mentioned coming up next. One of the things that happens working with audio this much and spending a lot of time with podcasts and a crazy busy lifestyle is finding time to read. There's this incredible app that solves this problem. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or on your lunch break or while you exercise. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now. You get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on. That's one word, locked on. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash locked on to start your free seven day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash locked on. If you have a long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. And folks, I don't know, I've told you this before. But I host a Steelers radio show from 4 to 6 every day. My wife works. It's awful hard for us to get dinners, you know, in our kids' stomachs. So I use DoorDash all the time now. I mean, it's just so convenient. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. It's very easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Sounds pretty simple, right? Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are 3,400,000 3, restaurants in 3,300 cities. So let me repeat that. Three, 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might just find a new favorite restaurant too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states, including Canada, Order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. So, right now, our listeners get 5 bucks off their first order of $15 or more when you do- download the DoorDash app and enter our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget... That's promo code locked on, all caps, all one word for five dollars off your first order from DoorDash. It's such an important stat that you brought up there, Matt. The New England Patriots have never won the Super Bowl without a bye, and seventy-nine percent of Super Bowl teams have a bye in the wild card round of the playoffs. So it is a huge 
huge event when the Kansas City Chiefs, who beat the Chargers 31-21 leapfrog over those New England Patriots for the two-seed in the AFC, getting a bye and most likely getting an extra play, uh, home game in the playoffs to go with it as the Miami Dolphins upset the New England Patriots Sunday 27-24. Yeah, I, I think it's very clear, and I've said this for a while, that Kansas City and Baltimore are clearly a tier above everyone else in the AFC. So the fan in me is happy that those two have the bye, that if they do meet, it'll be in the championship game for all the marbles to go to the, you know, go to the Super Bowl. I like that part. But New England, I mean, we've had we've talked a lot about their offense, obviously. It's been a struggle all year. That's starting to get a little better. They're starting to have some semblance of a running game. It looks like the, the receiver continuity with Brady is improving. But as it does, the defense has a really tough day. And they've had a couple this last month of the season. And I wonder if Gilmore, who got tortured by Devontae Parker, and that looks like a great signing, by the way, by the Dolphins. I mean, is he still a defensive MVP front runner? I don't know. I mean, that was a long day for him. And Miami moved the ball much too easily. It's amazing. Guys like Devontae Parker and Isaiah Ford. I remember yeah. Isaiah Ford. I liked him coming out of Virginia Tech, and he's all of a sudden come on the map, and I thought he was going to be out of the league because I hadn't heard from him for uh, almost two years since he was drafted. And Parker and Ford going for eight catches and seven catches, respectively, and uh, Devontae Parker coming back from the dead, too, which was looking like a major bust status first rounder. All of a sudden, uh, Gase leaves town, and Parker jump starts his career just a, a wild team there in Miami I think they have the worst roster in the NFL but they end the yeah. season 5 and 11 amazing and the Patriots are trending in the wrong direction and it does not look good for a repeat for the the New England Patriots night right now and that's a big loss because it's it just makes your road to getting back to the Super Bowl infinitely that much more difficult yeah and I'm sure Brady's Tired old bones would have liked to put his feet up for a week, you know, and he's used to that situation. They're going to have to go on the road if they do win in, in round one. I'm not sure if they will win in round one. We'll talk about that stuff down the road. But, I mean, you mentioned Flores before. What a remarkable job he's done to get that team to five wins. And I need to do some research on who's their O-line coach, you know, who's their receiver coach. I mean, I looked at that offensive line and in October and thought, wow, they need five new starters, four new starters, and they're holding up pretty well. One thing I love about Brian Flores on the sideline, I just love his demeanor, and he's definitely one of those guys where I'm watching on TV, you know, from hundreds of miles away, thousands of miles away. I'm like, if that guy told me something, I would do it. That's just yeah, right, me looking right, at him right. on TV screen. That's not with that mug in my face. So, uh, and he's not like a, you know, I don't think he's that guy who's just chewing people out either. He just has um, a very intense look on his face. And um, I, I feel like he's, you know, he's gotten through to some of the young guys on his team, even though the talent might not have been there. So an interesting situation in Miami. Uh, we've got to talk more about the playoffs here because in the AFC, that final wild card spot has been decided. And it's the Tennessee Titans who beat the Texans in Houston 35 14 and along the way squashing the hopes of the Steelers who had an ugly loss to RG3's Baltimore Ravens 28 to 10 and the Raiders who tried to go for two uh, they lost to the Broncos it didn't matter with the Titans winning they lost to the Broncos 16 to 15 so the Raiders out Steelers out the Titans are in yeah and obviously it didn't matter so much what the Steelers and Raiders did because the top team took care of business but not a real impressive performance by Oakland from what I saw 
a very unimpressive performance by the Steelers. I mean, they hung around for the first half. And Baltimore, even though they sat maybe their eight most important guys, give or take, still totally destroyed this team. And it's it's very clear that Duck is not an NFL quarterback. But give credit to the Titans. I mean, yes, Houston sat some of their top guys, and I think they're in a good spot right now, healing from this game to host a playoff game next week. Maybe J.J. comes back. But Tennessee's dangerous. I mean, dealing with Derrick Henry is no fun, and it's going to keep Belichick up all week. They have some good young players. It was receivers. The defense is pretty well-rounded. Um, Titans are have a little bit of momentum. I mean, I think they're a good football team, and I remember calling them I, – I didn't call them a sleeping giant, but I called them a sleeping big person or something yes. back a while back, thinking if these guys get hot, they could make some noise, and uh, they may go to New England and win this thing. Let's break down this AFC playoff picture now. So we've got the Baltimore Ravens, who we already knew they were going to be the one seed in the AFC. You've got now the two seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are your teams with a bye. New England Patriots dropped to the third seed. So they are going to host a game this weekend. They're going to host the Tennessee Titans, who are the sixth seed. And then you've got the Texans, who won the South. They're going to host the other wildcard team in the Buffalo Bills. So that's the AFC playoff picture. I think later in the week also we should do a playoff team power ranking, shuffle the two divisions, and we'll see how we feel about those 12 teams going into the playoffs. Yeah, and it reminds me because something I've done that I think might be a good idea for maybe Thursday, something like that, maybe Wednesday, is I've power ranked all 12 quarterbacks, running backs, you know, and and ranked them from Mm, 1 to 12 by position group and then kind of adding them all up in the end. That doesn't mean they're the best team. I mean, I'd rather have the number one quarterback than the number one, you know, secondary or whatever, linebackers. But it has been a fun exercise I've done every year. So maybe we'll do that later in the week, just power rank each position, each coach and coach as well. I love it. Let's do that for sure. Okay. And let's talk NFC here. There was a huge one, Sunday Night Football, game 256, the last game of the regular season of the season and the decade in the NFL was a good one. The San Francisco 49ers narrowly getting out of Seattle with a win, 26-21 over the Seahawks. The first win for the 49ers in Seattle since 2011. It's been a house of horrors. And uh, a lot of these players, I, I was realizing, I gave away I gave away some game balls on the Locked On 49ers show. I gave it to three rookies. I gave away four game balls. Three rookies and Jimmy Garoppolo got the game balls. And afterwards, I realized none of those guys have ever lost in Seattle. They're 100%. Yeah, so, that? like, that that weight isn't carried by necessarily the teams and the players like it is with the fans who are thinking, man, we can't win in Seattle. Those guys are like, yeah, we always win in Seattle. So maybe a changing <laughs> of the guard there in the NFC West as the Niners are NFC West champions, now the one seed in the NFC. Yeah, and I'm, I do think San Francisco is probably the best team in the NFC, so I'm happy they are the one. I want to get your take on the game a little bit, but, I mean, um, you didn't know this, but we were both rooting for the same team. I had a couple ducats on the Niners minus three, and I had my feet up thinking, boy, this thing's in the bag. Yeah. This is clearly the better team. I mean, this game really isn't that close. And I'm sure you were quite nervous, too, because I felt like they should have put the Hawks away by the third quarter or so. They didn't. And as we always say, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they're building. I mean, they're – they're like a cockroach. I mean, they just don't go away and made it a lot of fun at the end. The right team won, but man, down to the wire, fun game. 
great way to end the, the, the decade, really. You can't let the Seahawks hang around, man, that team. That's why I was like, I think Crazy. it was obvious early in that game, the 49ers were better. They were just stronger, yeah. faster. It looked like at times that the Seahawks were in quicksand playing on a different turf than the 49ers. It was like, this should be a blowout. But the 49ers weren't able to put them away. They had to settle for a couple field goals. And uh, all it took was Seattle in the second half. They scored on their first drive. And now it's 13-7. And it's like, okay, this is a close game again. You can't let Russell Wilson and the Seahawks hang around. They're so good in, in close games. I actually saw a stat earlier this week that uh, it was, it was a, a win-loss record for every team in the NFL if you flipped their results in one score games. So if you won, oh, wow. the, yeah. So basically the Rams were like three and 12 and this was before, or the, um, the, the Seahawks were three and 12. It was before the game last night and they would be, they were, they'd be a three win team. If you flipped all of their one win games, the worst record in the NFL. So uh, that's how good they've been in, in one win games. They did not win this one. Niners are the one seed in the NFC that knocks the New England, uh, the New Orleans Saints down to the three seeds. So you've got a there's three three and thirteen and three teams in the NFC. The Saints at thirteen and three, which is hard to believe, are going to play Wild Card Weekend. They're going to host a game against. Let's see, they're going to be hosting the Minnesota Vikings uh, Sunday, and a rough go for the Saints, who I think are the second best team in the NFC, but they don't have a bye, even though they blew out uh who they even play i can't remember they 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 destroyed the panthers yeah the panthers yeah they really blew yeah. out the panthers 42 to uh 17 was it 42 to 10 42 10 yeah, yeah. crushed 40, them 42 and 10. i'm with you i mean I, the saints to me are probably the second best team in the conference and you don't get a buy you know i mean you, you don't get to put your feet up another old quarterback like brady that we mentioned but it wasn't their fault i mean they did their job and you would think that that would be deserving of a rest for a weekend. So if I'm the Niners, I'm kind of happy. Like, boy, make those Saints play an extra game. You know, you know. Right. I mean, it, it, maybe it's a little easier path. Maybe somebody knocks them off before you have to host them and do battle with the second best team in the conference, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I always seem like I'm selling the Packers short. They're the two seed. They've won a lot of games. I'm still just not that sold. I mean, 13-3, though. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It's hard to argue with the results and the record. Let's pause here. Let's get into those Packers. That was one of the good early games that was almost disastrous for the Packers in Detroit. Green Bay Packers at 13-3. and You had given your apology because you did not believe in the Packers. They almost proved you right Sunday and it looked like the Lions were going to knock off the Packers in Detroit, but the Packers came back. Aaron Rodgers led him down to win the game 23-20. to Packers now the two seed, and those are big wins for the Packers and the 49ers because it's almost like you win two games because not only do you win this game, you don't have to play the following week, and then you've got some home games coming up. So really important wins there, and Packers now two seed in the NFC. Yeah, huge for them. Another you know, not elderly, but older quarterback that I'm sure would like to ch chill out a little bit. And nobody wants to go to Green Bay in the divisional round, of course. Um, this game was 17-3 to at the half. The Lions were winning. And it wasn't particularly close. I mean, they were obviously the better team. It wasn't like just a, a bounce went their way or something like that. And to Green Bay's credit and to Rodgers' credit, came back strong, got a win that they absolutely needed. You know, and the Saints were not happy about that. In the end, though, kind of like I mentioned, this might have been the best result for the Lions. You know, you played a team really strong. Carry-on was back. You know, you if you had Stafford to that offense, 
I think that offense has a chance to be really good. And maybe this loss ends up in the end getting you Chase Young or, you know, your defensive player of choice, something like that. And, you know, it pays off in the long term. I want to talk quarterbacks, actually, with both of these teams. The Lions, as you mentioned, they earned the three pick in the draft at 3-12-1 on the season. Matthew Stafford, he's been there a long time. Do you think about quarterback there if you're the Lions at pick three? I would not. I thought he had his best year as a pro. I thought he was really, really good. Looked like he was in his prime. Quarterbacks last quite a while. I mean, who's to say he could fall off a cliff any day now? But I would think you can get five more years of Stafford. And he seems pretty comfortable in this offense now. I would not mess with that. I would go defense heavy if I were the Lions. Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to say he had a down year because he still surpassed 4,000 yards. He just got over that 4,000 yard down mark. Year. I mean, for him, he had a down year, but 4,000 yeah. yards passing, 26 touchdowns to four interceptions. I think almost every quarterback in the league, save four or five, would be super thrilled about those results. Sure. But maybe for Rodgers, it was a down year. And don't look now, but Aaron Rodgers just turned 36 years old. He's not young anymore. He's out of those prime years. And we know how long quarterbacks can play. But if Breeze and Brady retire, Aaron Rodgers is the elder statesman now in the NFL. Yeah. You look at like Rivers, he's on his last legs. Ben's hurt. Eli can right. retire. You know, there's not many above him. Matt Ryan's in that neighborhood now. Um, yeah. I. I First off, his four interceptions are so Rodgers-like and not talked about enough. I mean, the guy never turns the ball over. It's really remarkable. Even when he has 40, 50 touchdowns, it's always three interceptions. I mean, it's a crazy ratio for his career. Um, I just watched the uh, All-100 quarterback thing late last night after the Niner game and was a little shocked that Rodgers and Breeze didn't make it, but there's no one I would have taken off the list. But I think he very much was is in that conversation. But I also think this might be his worst year that I can remember. I mean, I'd, I'm not saying he's not a great player still. He may put the Packers on his back and have a historic run in the playoffs and be amazing. If anyone would, it would be him. But I thought 10 quarterbacks had a better year than him. That's it. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. And what statistically – Maybe some quarterbacks had a better year. And I know maybe from the fantasy standpoint, I think I did have Rodgers on one of my fantasy rosters. Not the greatest year, but 13-3, that's the number that matters. And we had talked about we weren't sure, and I'm still not sure about the Packers. I think it's far and away. It's the 49ers and the Saints are the two best teams in the NFC, but the Packers are the two seed. And a team like the Seahawks, I just don't know how to feel about those teams. How good are they going to play And I think it's really up in the air in the NFC. I think it's going to be a really fun conference. I think I have a lot better vibe about who I would pick to win the games in the AFC side of the playoffs. Yeah, I hear you. And I hope, I mean, I know we have some new listeners, which are awesome, but people have listened forever. I've taken some heat that, man, you love Rodgers too much. I mean, I said things like if we're picking up teams and I can have Elway, Bradshaw, Staubach, you know, Brady, whoever, I'm going to end up with Aaron Rodgers. But Packers fans are going to be a little mad at me. I mean, the Packers look like the team I'm anxious to bet against in the playoffs. One firing that has not happened yet, Matt, is Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys. And I feel like that's imminent. I feel like Jerry Jones is stewing and something's got to happen there as the Cowboys are out. The Philadelphia Eagles are in as the NFC champions. They beat the New York Giants 34-17 Sunday. 
Yeah, we'll ignore Dallas. I have a feeling we will have some news on that front 24 hours from now. Boy, I mean, I retweeted something yesterday about what was the injury situation in Philly. And, and wow, I mean, they're on like their fourth receiver, fourth running back. Ertz is all banged up. No Lane Johnson. I mean, huge injuries everywhere. And the underreported story, and I think people are starting to finally realize it, is Wentz has been like one of the best players in the league the last month. I mean, he has done it all himself. And I feel kind of justified because he's always been my guy and he's been hard to back this year but until lately. I mean, he is he's the reason they're in the playoffs. And the most amazing stat to hammer that point home that I didn't realize that I saw yesterday blows me away is Carson Wentz is the first quarterback in NFL history yeah, to top 4,000 yards and have no wide receiver that had over 500 yards receiving. It's insane. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, I'm trying to find the, the other one I, I retweeted here, too. Like, um, yeah, the Eagles are now down to wide receiver four, running back four, right tackle, right guard, who are both the maybe the best in the league at their respective position. Um, they're down two corners, and they're top defensive tackle. And, oh, by the way, Arch, too. I mean, like, there's nothing around the guy. And he's putting up numbers. He's moving the team. He's making great throws. I have a feeling they're going to have a tough time advancing, but just getting there is something something to be said for that. At 9-7, the Eagles are in, and they will have a home game. They're going to host the 11-5 Seahawks, and the two teams that limped into the playoffs injury-wise the most going head-to-head there next week in that NFL wildcard playoff round. That's going to be an interesting one because we saw the Seahawks early, and they came back, and they play tough at home. On the road, the Seahawks traditionally have not been as good, so the Eagles get that home game, both teams banged up. That one could that could be that surprising game, and that's why it's so important to to get that, that win and get that bye in the first round because you go into Philly as banged up as they are. The Seahawks are banged up too. The Eagles could easily come out with a win at home. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's Monday, not morning, but afternoonish. And I haven't thought about the matchups much at all. I will dig in heavy to them starting this evening. And I'm leaning towards Philly in that one. You know, I just said I don't think they're going to go far, but I don't think Seattle's all that scary. The Eagles could win another one. And the line is out. The Seattle Seahawks are favored by one and a half early in that wow. game. We'll see how that line changes. We're out of time here, Matt, and we will get deep into all of these wild card round matchups, more of the coaching carousel around the NFL this week, right here. Locked on NFL.